You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Full and Thriving. Today I have another solo show coming at ya. But of course, in these solo shows, I always like to give you some updates on how my life is going. And as many of you know, my life has been in transition since spring of this year. And I am currently living in Connecticut, reconnecting with family and friends. And it's been a really relaxing summer back at home. And I am finishing up coming home from three back-to-back wedding weekends in a row. And when you're in your 30s, it's not unusual to be the only single person at weddings. And this was definitely a stint of just being solo without a date at a bunch of important events. And honestly, for me, it felt totally normal. And I was really lucky because I was surrounded by a bunch of friends and a bunch of couple friends that I've known and loved for years. So it's been really fun to be taken in by my couple friends. And it seems to be their mission to connect me with people and set me up with friends or try to show me the single people at their wedding or whatever. Nothing came out of the weddings. I'm still single, but dating, as all of you guys know, and also learning a lot about my one-day wedding. And I think the benefit is I will have so many weddings to reflect back and look at. By the time I finally plan my future wedding, I will know all the cool things to do and steal all of my favorite ideas from all of my friends. (laughs) So for instance, my friend, oh my gosh, in Connecticut, if you grew up in this area, you know that Dave Matthews Band was like a cult-like following in high school and college and beyond. And I've been to about six or seven Dave Matthews Band shows. And one of my high school friends had a live DMB cover band at her wedding this weekend. And it felt like a gift to all of her high school people. And we just had a blast dancing to this band. They sounded so real. It was super fun. And then as the sun went down, we transitioned into a second dance floor that was indoors. And they had a DJ and live drummer to create a really cool environment. And I don't know about you, but I've never been to a show where they had a DJ and a live drummer. And it just made the energy so amazing and a lot of fun. And Dancing is something that helps me feel truly present and connected to my authentic self. And that entire wedding 
was so fun. And that I'm talking about this one because it was the one I just came back from. The others were amazing as well. But anyway, nothing's really changed on the dating front. But I will tell you something that has changed that came up really unexpectedly. Just the other day when I was sitting at the airport with my sister and brother-in-law and we were on our way to Charlotte for the wedding this weekend, it started to feel a lot like fall. It was the first day of September and honestly, I started to feel a little homesick for Denver because I love Denver in the fall. It is so beautiful and still warm and crisp. It's true sweater weather at times. You never sweat in your sweaters, by the way, because Denver is so dry. And it doesn't feel like a quick decaying to winter. It feels like an extended version of summer. And it's super nice. They do have the fall leaves out there as well. And everyone out there thinks their leaves are super great. But honestly, New England does have the best fall leaves in the United States. So besides that, the leaves factor here on the East Coast or the Northeast, Denver has the better weather, in my opinion. And I was really missing it and lamenting to Katie, talking to her about all of these feelings of confusion I have about where I'm supposed to be right now. And my options are really going back to New York City, which is my favorite city in the world. I've always loved it. It's literally in my family history. All of my family was Irish and Italian immigrants that lived in Brooklyn and the Bronx and Queens. And I don't know, I just feel very connected to that place. And so, of course, that's a great option because it's near family. But of course, it's extremely expensive and it doesn't feel like the most responsible financial decision. And then I have Denver, which is kind of a lifestyle dream world with all the hiking, skiing. The city is amazing. The camping, the people are really nice, but it's far from family. And it just reminds me of my past relationship. So I don't know what to do about that. And then finally, I have Connecticut, which is where I am now. It's a slower pace here. It's so relaxing. I feel extremely loved and surrounded by beautiful people. I know the place like the back of my hand, and I could probably maybe even buy a place here because real estate's pretty affordable. So I've been kind of like in my head a lot. Honestly, you guys, I'm surprised if you're still listening at this point, <laughs> but essentially that's where I'm at. And my sister at the airport was just like, Meg, I know it's expensive in New York, but just take a look, take a look. Maybe you'll find something. Open up your app right now and see if you can find an apartment. And I literally opened up Craigslist, LOL. That's how people find places in New York for real. And I opened up Craigslist and there was this incredible, amazing deal. And I know for a fact it's just because the landlords aren't keeping up with the post-pandemic prices and it's just a beautiful neighborhood in Queens that I love. And anyway, it seems like an amazing deal. So I'm checking out the place, not this weekend, but next weekend. And who knows, maybe next time I 
publish a solo show, I'll be talking about moving to New York again. But I'm not going to make any decisions that aren't super thought out at this point in my life. And I'm really not going to get too excited until I see the place. But it's funny how life works. Sometimes life does move pretty fast. And at this point, honestly, nothing really surprises me. Life is full of so many different chapters. And I think that's something that makes life beautiful. So that's it for life updates for me. And I wanted to move on to the planned content of today. As many of you know, I am the founder of The Recovery Collective, which is an online virtual eating disorder recovery community that I founded in 2020 after the pandemic. And it is truly one of the many prides and joys I have in my career at the moment. I just love the people in there and the professionals we work with. And I love seeing all of these amazing individuals connect and care about each other and fight for their recovery together. And the Recovery Collective is opening its doors again. We only do this three times a year on September 20th. So starting September 20th, we're going to have this enrollment period of about 11 days where you can join the community. And of course, I want all of you to join so I can meet the listeners of the podcast and help you on a more personal level. So today's topic for the solo show is seven reasons why joining a community will support your recovery. And before I dive into these seven reasons, I want to take you back to when I was going through recovery. So about 12 years ago now, I was surrounded by loving friends and family, but I really never felt so alone in my life. I was keeping my eating disorder a secret from literally everyone who mattered to me, and the eating disorder was no small things. I was thing. I was using behaviors every day and when you're hiding something that big, it just forces you to isolate away from the people you love and care about. So I would just spend my days using behaviors, obsessing over food, and honestly, the number I saw on the scale was what gave me permission to have a good day or demand me to have a horrendous day. And it took me years to muster up the courage to even vaguely mutter the words eating disorder to my mom. And once I did, thankfully, she was able to get me a specialized therapist. And eventually I recovered in my own messy whirlwind way, but it was a really lonely road. I did not talk to anyone besides my therapist about this, and I knew nobody else who had ever experienced this. And Hiding my eating disorder and my recovery process from those around me made me feel like there was this invisible brick wall stopping me from showing up in the world, and it was truly hard. And back in 2017, after I had fully recovered, I started volunteering with Project Heal, actually, and it was the first time I had ever spoken to people who had active eating disorders or who were fully recovered. 
And I felt so connected to these individuals. I felt like we had this potential to truly understand each other and build real friendships and connection. It honestly blew me away how close I was able to get to these volunteers and folks using the resources through Project Heal. It was mind-blowing to me. So with that experience and through my experience as an eating disorder recovery coach, I've learned that community is an essential part of recovery. And in fact, feelings of disconnection are typically one of the many root causes of an eating disorder. And we can all look back to the time in which our eating disorder started. And we can think about the ways we are disconnected from the people around us and from our authentic self. And so if disconnection is a root cause to getting an eating disorder, this means that choosing connection over disconnection brings true healing. So I want you all to start thinking about forming connection to community as an antidote to your eating disorder. It really is. It will be a bridge to help you access healing. So anyway, here are the seven reasons why you should seek community in eating disorder recovery. So first of all, number one is you are the average of all the people you surround yourself with. So when you spend your days surrounded by folks who are consumed by weight loss and dieting, there's a higher risk that their unhealthy relationship with food will continue to trigger you and or harm your recovery process. And when you join a recovery-focused anti-diet community, it is way easier to break away and take on a recovery-oriented mindset. So you'll have people around you who actually celebrate your recovery wins, encourage you to challenge yourself, and embrace body acceptance. Surrounding yourself with folks who can strengthen your healthy self will increase your chances of full recovery. And it will also be a lot easier to block out the noise of diet culture that surrounds all of us because you will be immersed in a community that thinks completely differently from what you're used to hearing. In eating disorder recovery community, we do believe that all foods are good foods and that all bodies are beautiful. And this is just not stuff you hear in the outside world. All right, so number two, as far as reasons why you should seek community in eating disorder recovery, is that reaching out to a community is a coping skill. And we've all had those moments in recovery where the urge to use a eating disorder behavior takes over. And eating disorder behaviors are maladaptive coping mechanisms that people use to cope with difficult emotions because maybe they were never taught the proper and appropriate ways to cope with these emotions. So instead of leaning on your eating disorder behaviors for a fleeting form of relief, recovery requires you to, quote, put your eating disorder out of a job by reaching out for help. 
and engaging within a community that encourages you, listens, and can relate is a healthy way to get your need for connection met and cope with the negative feelings you're experiencing. Honestly, just communicating with someone who understands can immediately transform a painful moment into a better one. And in the NLP world, neurolinguistic programming, we like to call this breaking state. So if you're in this really frazzled, fearful, anxious mental state, sometimes just reaching out to someone else will break your state. And as I say, break state. So you go from anxious, scared, overwhelmed to smiling and talking to someone about their weekend you have successfully broken yourself out of that anxious state. So reaching out to a community is a positive form of coping. Number three, eating disorder recovery community provides a sense of belonging and validation. Like my story reflects, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this, when you have an eating disorder, it can feel like you don't fit in with the people around you because you're really hiding so much of yourself and you're struggling in a way that many people don't understand. So when you surround yourself with other people who have eating disorders, you are finally part of a community where belonging becomes literally easier to do because first of all, you are no longer hiding and you are no longer misunderstood. In fact, you become part of a judgment-free space that understands what you're going through. And in fact, you don't even have to explain why you're there because everyone there knows that you are working to recover from an eating disorder. So that's pretty nice. You don't even have to open it up. Your eating disorder is already outed the moment you join. And in fact, when you're part of this community, hearing the stories of others and their feedback can provide validation to you and your experience. And that can look like realizing you are, in fact, sick enough and worthy enough to seek the help you need. And then once you're transitioned into the community and you've gotten to know people inside the community, you also start to genuinely care for each other which increases your sense of belonging and it transforms your entire experience from something sounding like I can do this to we can do this together. So you have that shared sense of purpose and belonging that brings you all together. All right. So number four is that community is the perfect adjunct to your treatment plan. And often, it's easy to focus on recovery during appointments with your treatment team, right? You show up, you're ready to learn, you're ready to share. But then there's also this struggle to stay motivated and on track during the time between those appointments. So one thing I love about recovery community is that Joining a recovery community is the missing piece of the puzzle when it comes to staying motivated, accountable, and focused. And 
When you are part of a recovery-focused community, you open yourself up to receiving even more support than what your treatment team offers and adding even more structure to your recovery journey. And I hear people tell me that they need more structure in their recovery all the time. And for instance, in the Recovery Collective, we have, I would say, on average, about 12 hours of workshops and classes and yoga sessions and nourish and learn sessions and journaling sessions that you can access and plan your month around. So, I mean, talk about structure. You have so many opportunities to recharge your recovery batteries by touching in with this community. It's really cool. So again, community, whether it's the Recovery Collective or another form of community, is really the perfect adjunct to treatment. And it might be that extra level of support that you need to make the outpatient model really helpful for you. And of course, you can join the Recovery Collective and be at other levels of care. But I do find that those who are piecing together an outpatient plan really do work well with this community. All right. Number five, community is a way to help others and strengthen your healthy self at the same time. So as someone who has been through recovery and someone who coaches people who are currently in recovery, I know firsthand how difficult it can be to tap into self-compassion. And sometimes the best way to access our healthy self in recovery is to be that compassionate, supportive, and encouraging voice to other people first. So when you join a recovery-focused community, you are given plenty of opportunities to build your healthy self by supporting the other members of the group. And helping others is also another positive coping skill that you can lean on in recovery. And this is because helping others takes your mind off your own fears and anxieties and helps you reconnect with the positive feelings that come with helping other people. And it also helps you connect more to the present. So let's face it, helping others, whether that be by sharing your story, sharing feedback, listening, helping to problem solve, or even just sending cute cat videos or funny TikToks to someone feels truly rewarding. So that's a benefit in joining a recovery community itself, that it's an opportunity for you to help other people. All right. Number six is community breaks the pattern of secrecy and isolation that you might be experiencing right now. So like I said earlier, disconnection is actually one of the many risk factors associated with eating disorders and feeling misunderstood, constantly using behaviors and avoiding social events where food is involved only continue to pull us further and further away from those around us. And when you become a part of an eating disorder recovery community, everyone knows why you're there. You don't have to explain your story or educate anyone on how eating disorders work like you have to do typically in the real world. In 
community, like the Recovery Collective, everyone already gets it, and you have a safe place to go that's free from diet culture. And in the Recovery Collective, we have specific guidelines that we share before every single live event to make sure we keep the community safe. And on our Facebook page, we have very specific posting guidelines, and all posts are either approved by myself or Anne Claire before they're publicized. So essentially, we keep the environment safe, and that's really important. And that's kind of a side note because the main thing I want to talk about here is how when you join any community, your isolation dissolves away. And if you put your best effort into coming to events, coming to groups, chatting with people either in the Zoom chat or commenting on the Facebook group, honestly, that's how you build friendship. And friendship is something I nerd out about. It's so important. Friendship just makes life colorful and meaningful. And when you join community, you are giving yourself another opportunity to open up your world to new friends. And actually, there have been many people who have met some of their best friends inside the collective, which is truly cool. Okay, so my last reason for why you should join a community to help support your eating disorder recovery is honestly because it makes recovery a little bit fun. And I know it's unrealistic to say that recovery is fun all the time because let's face it, it's not most of the time. It's actually really hard. But surrounding yourself with new friends who all have the same shared goal is actually fun. And to be honest, humans crave connection, joy, and normalcy. And the beautiful part about community is that it's a blend of people with various backgrounds and personalities. And in any community, you don't have to talk about recovery all the time. And in fact, I see this inside the collective. You can talk about things that make you you, for instance, like your love of Taylor Swift or Harry Potter or how much you love your pet bunnies. Shout out to Gemma, our recovery mentor who has two pet bunnies we all have seen photos of and love. But it's fun because in a community, you meet people who have the same shared interests as you. And you also have the opportunity to learn new things. Just in our last family check-in call, which usually happens at the end of every month, we actually had this little debate for an icebreaker, and that was, are you team pumpkin spice? And if not, what flavor deserves the hype? And we spent like 15 minutes cracking each other up about this subject, and we had some really passionate perspectives, and it was pretty funny and fun. So community isn't always going to be, let's put our heads down and focus on our goals. It's also going to be, let's get to know each other. Let's have fun. Let's make this more lighthearted. And so community is just an easy way to weave in feelings of lightheartedness, silliness, and connection to make your entire recovery process a little bit brighter. So keep that in mind. If you are looking for an eating disorder recovery community that's virtual, safe, 
professional, the Recovery Collective is opening its doors to new members once again for a brief time starting September 20th. And I really encourage you to join the Fall 2022 Enrollment Group. And we have approximately 80 members currently from all over the world. And it's really fun to have friends, you know, if you're in the U.S., have friends in Europe or Canada or Mexico. It's just kind of cool. But anyway, when you do join, our peer mentors, Anna and Gemma, will reach out to you and welcome you and support your transition into our community. Because we found when we first created the collective that people were a little anxious and nervous to show up to their live call. So we created peer mentors to reach out to you and welcome you in on a smaller level, like just a one-on-one meeting and get to know you so that when you come to your first call, you at least have one or two friendly faces on there that you've already connected with. And that really helps dissolve any little maybe social anxieties you might have about joining this group. So again, we really hope that you join us on September 20th. It's truly the most amazing place on the internet for people who are in recovery. We have a star-studded lineup for 2022 as far as guest speakers go. And when you do sign up, you get a library full of previous workshops that you can watch and learn from. So you can always be consuming even more recovery content and being inspired to take action. Definitely go check out our website. It's in the show notes and sign up to become a part of this community. I'm recording this before September 20th. So if it's sometime between the 20th and the 1st, head on over and sign up today. We will love to have you there. And again, community matters, whether that's an eating disorder recovery community or a community through your school, your church, your neighborhood, whatever you can do, community will fight those feelings of isolation that your eating disorder brings into your life. And so with that, I hope you guys do find the community that works best for you. And hopefully that could be the Recovery Collective. So I hope you all have a beautiful day and I will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Full and Thriving. Mm -hmm. 